Welcome to Mountain Zen Den, the place to connect with nature for mindfulness and personal growth in your life, naturally. It's so good to see you here. Come on in. Hey, this is Brett, and I'm your host here at Mountain Zen Den, where our daily goal is to help you seek to live a simpler, more mindful life through immersing yourself in the natural world. That's what we're going to do today. Well, it's Walden Wednesday here, and that means we're going to share a little of Thoreau's ideas, thoughts, and philosophy on living a simpler, more purposeful, mindful life while enjoying a natural setting far away from the maddening crowd, or at least in the next room or outside on your back porch if necessary. Well, it's a beautiful, warm, and windy day here in northern Colorado, a reminder that spring is not far behind and that soon the migrating birds will be returning. Greenery and plant life will be emerging from the ground and the snow will be melting on the trails in the high country. And that means walking returns as the primary mode of transportation versus cross-country skiing or snowshoeing. It's these kind of days that remind me how good life is and how I long to just wake up and walk out the door, wandering wherever my heart leads, enjoying the serendipities awaiting around every curve in the trail, be it butterfly or black bear. There's something so wholesome and alluring about seeking the simplicity found in nature and escaping the craziness and cacophony of the man-made synthetic world. Simplicity comes in many forms, but every one of these forms involves one thing, and that's presence. When there is worry and clutter and unresolved details in your world, it's easy to begin losing a sense of presence and to be tempted to either fall back into the past, filled with a sense of guilt, loss, and regret, or we tend to jump ahead into the future, surrounded by fear, anxiety, and wistfulness, a longing for what is not here yet. Both directions steal your joy by taking you away from the moment and placing where you can never be, or at least trying to place you there. Basically, it's crazy-making, and it seems like that's what we as human beings do so well. When Henry David Thoreau built his small cabin and lived on the shores of Walden Pond and wrote about it, even back then in the mid-1800s, he observed the mass of men, quote, leading lives of quiet desperation. This is way before the internet. What am I saying? I'm saying that technology isn't the problem. We are the problem. We lose our minds. We become unmindful as we clutter and try to fill our lives with a host of things we don't even need. Let today be a wake-up call to take some time to do a personal life assessment and decide to unburden yourself of all that is unnecessary for your happiness. Now, I'm not going to preach to you because we're in the process of doing that same thing right here in our own household. I'm just really aware of it right now, so I'm going to rant and rave a little bit. You may have heard the financial guru Dave Ramsey and others say, we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Now how crazy is that? I believe we do this to try to fill a larger hunger, a void, a need we have deep inside for fulfillment and purpose and meaning in our lives. When Thoreau went to the woods to live simply, he confirmed the truth that every one of us have all that we need to live and to be happy in what has been provided by the creator of the universe. By returning to nature in the wild, his heart's desire was to return to sanity and true happiness. So why would we ever look elsewhere? I'm just saying. So today, we'll continue reading Walden in the first chapter, Economy, where Mr. T expounds on what truly is necessary to live a happy life and the foolishness of the accumulation of things to try to make ourselves better or happy. (laughs) I know he's not the Mr. T from the 1980s TV series, The A-Team, but he's basically saying... I pity the fool who seeks things over freedom in life. Enough said. So here's our reading from Walden today, and it's from the first chapter, Economy. Get comfortable, maybe you want to grab a hot tea or coffee, something to drink, 
and relax as you listen to these words of wisdom from about a hundred and how many years ago? I'm not sure, but it's good stuff. So just settle in with me here as we seek simplicity from the book Walden. Let us consider for a moment what most of the trouble and anxiety which I have referred to is about, and how much it is necessary that we be troubled, or at least careful. It would be some advantage to live a primitive and frontier life, though in the midst of an outward civilization, only to learn what are the gross necessaries of life, and what methods have been taken to obtain them or even to look over the old day books of the merchants to see what it was that men most commonly bought at the stores. What they stored, that is. What are the grossest groceries? For the improvements of ages have but little influence on the essential laws of man's existence, as our skeletons, probably, are not to be distinguished from those of our ancestors. By the words, necessary of life, I mean whatever, of all that man obtains by his own exertions, has been from the first, or from long use has become so important to human life that few, if any, whether from savageness or poverty or philosophy, ever attempt to do without it. To many creatures, there is in this sense but one necessary of life, food. To the bison of the prairie, it is a few inches of palatable grass with water to drink, unless he seeks the shelter of the forest or the mountain's shadow. None of the brute creation requires more than food and shelter. The necessaries of life for man in this climate may, accurately enough, be distributed under the several heads of food, shelter, clothing, and fuel. For not till we have secured these are we prepared to entertain the true problems of life with freedom and a prospect of success. Man has invented not only houses, but clothes and cooked food, and possibly from the accidental discovery of the warmth of fire, and the consequent use of it, at first a luxury arose the present necessity to sit by it. We observe cats and dogs acquiring the same second nature. By proper shelter and clothing we legitimately retain our own internal heat, but with an excess of these, or of fuel that is, with an external heat greater than our own internal, may not cookery properly be said to begin? Darwin, the naturalist, says of the inhabitants of Tierra del Fuego, that while his own party, who were well clothed and sitting close to a fire, were far from too warm, these naked savages who were farther off were observed, to his great surprise, to be streaming with perspiration at undergoing such a roasting. So, we are told, the New Hollander goes naked with impunity, while the European shivers in his clothes. Is it impossible to combine the hardiness of these savages with the intellectualness of the civilized man? According to Liebig, man's body is a stove, and food the fuel which keeps up the internal combustion in the lungs. In cold weather we eat more, in warm, less. The animal heat is the result of a slow combustion, and disease and death take place when this is too rapid, or for want of fuel, or from some defect in the draft, the fire goes out. Of course, the vital heat is not to be confounded with fire, but so much for analogy. It appears, therefore, from the above list that the expression animal life is nearly synonymous with the expression animal heat. For while food may be regarded as the fuel which keeps up the fire within us, and fuel serves only to prepare that food or to increase the warmth of our bodies by addition from without, shelter and clothing also serve only to retain the heat thus generated and absorbed. 
The grand necessity, then, for our bodies is to keep warm, to keep the vital heat in us. What pains we accordingly take, not only with our food and clothing and shelter, but with our beds, which are our night clothes, robbing the nests and breasts of birds to prepare this shelter within a shelter, as the mole has its bed of grass and leaves at the end of its burrow. The poor man is wont to complain that this is a cold world, and to cold no less physical than social, we refer directly to a great part of our ales. The summer in some climates makes possible to man a sort of Elysian life. Fuel except to cook his food is then unnecessary. The sun is his fire, and many of the fruits are sufficiently cooked by its rays. While food generally is more various and more easily obtained, and clothing and shelter are wholly or half unnecessary. At the present day, and in this country, I find by my own experience a few implements, a knife, an axe, a spade, a wheelbarrow, etc., and for the studious, lamplight, stationery, and access to a few books rank next to necessaries, and can all be obtained at a trifling cost. Yet some, not wise, go to the other side of the globe, to barbarous and unhealthy regions, and devote themselves to trade for ten or twenty years, in order that they may live, that is, keep comfortably warm, and die in New England at last. The luxuriously rich are not simply kept comfortably warm, but unnaturally hot, as I implied before, they are cooked, of course, a la mode. Well, our friend Henry seems to have a pretty good sense of humor, dry though it is, but his point is well taken. There are only a few things we really, really need in life, and that simplicity can be found by decluttering the inner and the outer world. So we're going to take a little bit of time to do just that here through a brief meditation. I want you to just breathe deeply now, taking in and exhaling deep, relaxing breaths. There's no goal here other than to just be, to be still, and to allow yourself the simplicity of breathing and just being. Enjoy.
Welcome back. Good job just simplifying your life for a few minutes to begin with. So as you take charge of your life and decide to declutter and simplify your inner and outer world, you may want to keep our quote for the day in mind. And it's from Anne Voskamp. She says, Simplicity is never a matter of circumstances. Simplicity is always a matter of focus. And as you know, whatever you focus on, you create more of. So here's to you and your decision to create a life of beauty and simplicity. Hey, if you found this helpful and enjoyed today's show, would you do me a favor and go to iTunes and rate it and write a review? It'd be really helpful in getting iTunes to put it up front where more people can find it and join the new nature revolution here. Also, you can help by liking it on our website and sharing it with someone you know might enjoy it as well. Thanks so much. Remember, life is a gift, nature's a gift, and you are a gift back to the world. See you here tomorrow. <laughs>